and brings it pretty much to an altar call by saying, okay, Ben, you have a choice. He's like, you're going to keep living how you're going to live and just continue on with how you're going, or you can get saved right now. I remember thinking, if I make this decision right now, I can't go home and do the things I do. I can't go and live how I want to live. If I make this decision right now, right here, everything changes. everybody to the Light It Up podcast episode 21. Uh, we've officially made it past episode 20. It's a big milestone. We're part of the 10% that goes beyond the 20th episode mark. Come on, uh, come on. Let's get it. <laughs> make, it right. let's make it to 100 episodes. Yes, let's make do it. it. The Door Church Connect podcast. That's like our goal. Yeah, they, We're going to pass them. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, they did like 80 episodes. Anyway, um, we have with us Raphael have, Alvarez. What's up, guys? We have our guest, Benjamin Fussell. Yo, yo. And um, <laughs> we're continuing our discussion of Ben's testimony. Uh, if you have not seen part one, go check out part one. Why are you um, if, you're not, if you haven't watched part one? <laughs> um, but Benjamin hey. had explained at the beginning of his story how he grew up in church and he backslid and moved out of his parents' house and had dealt with some things and this episode is going to be discussing um his redemption story and then we're going to talk a little bit about some lessons he's learned in his testimony in his life so benjamin why don't you begin where uh, you left off yes uh redemption uh so we left off kind of where i'm just like golly super prideful um broken by my by my you know actions of sin and uh yeah so um something i would like to note too is during the last like especially during the last part of uh my being backslidden like probably 6 months before i got saved was like I feel like Jesus kind of let me do my thing and had like a supernatural grace on my life. And I didn't think about God much every once in a while, but not much. But in this last like six months, I would think about like God all the time. Like he never left my mind. And that kind of became my new reason to like, do drugs and and party was kind of to like go away Jesus like get a get out of my mind you know and so uh in this last six months too there was incredible confusion in my life incredible confusion and so I I started to kind of just become like a uh uh hippie and like once I got saved I remember my dad telling me his testimony again. And 
it's so funny because like you think about like generational curses and like yeah. pastor alvin he's a pastor in, in our church he just preached the sermon but he's pretty much talking about dna and he's like something he said in there he's, he's like you're fighting your daddy's devils <laughs> so like <laughs> there's nothing yeah. new under the sun and so when i heard my dad's testimony i was like just becoming my dad like my dad 2.0 because it was like you know just probably worse decisions just kidding but what really started happening was after especially after my dui we talked about that i kind of had like this man these drugs are awful they're like ruining my life and so i was doing i had kind of messed around with psychedelics before <clears throat> but then i kind of went head into psychedelics and uh and i became real like i i didn't look like it but i became real like hippie like especially in my mentality and my way of thinking so i just did like i would say like i didn't do drugs but i was doing psychedelics and smoking weed every single day but for me at the time coming from like a hard drug background I was like, oh no, like I'm organic. Like I'm I'm not doing anything that <laughs> which is insane, right? It's insane. Oh man. Oh my yes. <laughs> He's got the long hair. He's got no He's not sitting down crisscross. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Real uh and now looking, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I think what it really was too, it was probably an assortment of things. But one of the things that it was is I never doubted in God, like I never doubted his God's existence. And so I always knew that there was like a spiritual world. And so with drugs like that, in, in a uh, blur, like drugs are very spiritual. And so I was trying to like push into my spiritual man but going about it all the wrong ways. Um, and what this did was it furthered my belief in a spiritual world, but it skewed me and blinded me in other ways. I let lies come into my mind and I would, I would kind of meditate on those lies and try and form my own ways of thinking, trying to form my own religion. And so at one point, uh, at one point, I just very clearly remember thinking, like, what's so, what's so, like, uh, important about Jesus? And now, like, I know he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So that, that's the importance of Jesus, is that you don't get to God unless you go through Jesus. And so, but the lie being told to me was, what's so important about Jesus? What, like, why can't I follow Buddha? Why can't I follow Muhammad? All, like, I was looking now and saying, well, if all these different practices are all trying to reach to God, then what's so special about me believing in Jesus? Like, why can't I follow Buddha or whoever? I'm just trying to reach God. And so this was major confusion in my, in my mind. 
And so I started to kind of think like, well, there is a God, but maybe Jesus isn't the way. And so then they're just with that, though, also came heavy anxiety. I mean, I, I had no peace. Um, and all of this is going on, like flooding my mind, you know. And uh, now we get to the best part. Now we get to when I come come back, came back to Jesus. And so this is the power and the importance of relationship. Because in the end, I truly believe we were created for relationship. Ultimately, number one, to God. But also, too, like we have relationships here on earth that are amazing. And so first and foremost, the highest priority needs to be a relationship with Jesus. But also too, like, what does Jesus say? They will know you by your love for one another. And so we need to have like a relationships with each other in check too. But I say that because it was someone from church who had hit me up and said, hey, Ben, like, let's go get some food. Let's go, uh, let's go eat. And uh, that's the best outreach ever, bro. It's the best outreach, too. And it was at the time because if this individual, uh, he's my homie, good friend, I actually live with him, he's probably across the house right now. Um, if he would have invited me to church, I pretty much know for a fact I wouldn't have gone. I had been to church a couple of times throughout my being backslidden, but it was, all in all, it was just an awful experience for me because I was still so stuck in my pride and I would just feel major conviction from the Holy Spirit. And so it was like throwing myself into a super uncomfortable scenario where the Holy Spirit is tugging on me and I'm playing spiritual tug of war trying to not, you know, fold. And so I would kind of said, I'm done with church for right now. But when my homie says, hey, like, let's go get some, let's go get some chicken fingers. I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> like, let's do it. This is a good, like, I know this guy from church. And so nope. then I, oh, who was that? I was, I was asking. So there's like, there was a big, do you think there would have been a big difference if he would have said, hey, Ben, you want to come see me to church as opposed to him saying, Hey Ben, you know what are you doing? Can we get some food? One hundred percent, one hundred thousand percent. Like I said, I I'm truly being sincere when I say if he would have invited me to church, I do not think I would have gone at all because I was at the point too where in the beginning of being backslidden, like it was hard for me to say no to my parents even when they would invite me to church. But then I just got to the point where it was easy. And I was like, no. And like, my parents are kind of the people I care about most in life. And for me to be able to say no to them, it's like, I can say no to anybody. Especially like a friend that I haven't seen in years who like, I'm not that close with, I can just say no to him. But it was something about, I, I believe divine appointment and divine timing. So God, uh, God is a, the chess player 
and he knows what moves to make. And so I think that he he really probably put it on this guy's heart to say, hey, invite him out for some food. And so we um, we go, well, actually the crazy thing about it is we saw each other at the barber shop on a Saturday morning. And so we the, talk about divine appointment. I, I meet him at the barber shop Saturday morning and it was right there. He was like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Let's go get some food. So it was like, it was like God was, he's planning it all. He's planned it all out. And so, um, and so I say, okay, we go out for food that night and pretty much like we just kind of chat, catch up a little bit and we're eating, we're having a good time, whatever. And we're kind of done with the meal and he just starts boom, laying it in on me and like just starts pretty much street preaching. Like, I'm not saying this is the method or this is the way, but I'm just trying to give you a, a visual. Like he was standing on the table <laughs> and like in the no, middle you, of- you're joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. So not like, subtle. He's like, wow. <laughs> and he was doing it like, of course, it's all about context and stuff like that. I don't know if I should have said that because now people are going to think, oh, in order to get my friends safe, I just got to stand on the table. That's not what it I'm saying. It's a special situation, guys. It takes it's a, a special, person. It's a special situation. But I am trying to set the uh, the atmosphere. Like, he was, he was, he knew what he was there to do. And it was not just to catch up. He was there because God told him, hey, you're going to witness to this dude. And I've talked to him since then, and he has told me, like, bro, I was terrified out of my mind. Like, I didn't want to talk to you about Jesus. I, I knew how you were living. I knew. But he obeyed. And um, golly, my eternal soul will forever thank him um, for stepping out. And so he's there, and he's street, like, pretty much just street preaching, witnessing to me. and. Uh, I mean, I, I know everything he's saying is true. And it's not like he's saying anything I've never heard before. But now it's like the Holy Spirit was using him. So when the Holy Spirit's using you and you're witnessing, it's hitting on a different level. And so it's like he's speaking to me. And um, at the end of it, he kind of like wraps it up a little bit and brings it pretty much to an altar call by saying, okay, Ben, you have a choice. He's like, you're gonna keep living how you're gonna live and just continue on with how you're going, or you can get saved right now. Like you can make a decision. And remember how we had previously talked about, like I had always been a, like, man, hopefully tomorrow, like I'll get saved. They're hopefully in a month's time. But it was like, Today was the day of salvation. And I'll tell you what, I remember even specifically thinking, because I, I hadn't made the decision yet, but I remember thinking, if I make this decision right now, I can't go home and do the things I do. I can't go and live how I want to live. If I make this decision right now, right here, everything changes. 
And uh, that scared me a little bit, but luckily I had him in front of me to kind of like, he was there, he was not gonna leave. And so I said, yes, I was like, it's time. And um, he said, oh, wow. amen. He prayed with me right there. And it was like, it was, it was awesome. It was Holy Ghost. And uh, this is a little side story, but this is a cool one. Um, I had plans to go out with my older brother, uh, JR, that night, actually. And so I had just gotten saved. Um, I was already back home, and he was going to pick me up. So he picks me up. And he doesn't know yet. Like, I just got saved, I kid you not, like 30 minutes ago, right? Over at, uh, I got to throw it out, Raising Canes. You guys know what Raising Canes is? Ooh, you love raising canes. Hey, it's holy ghost. It's holy ghost. Yeah, they just, bro, they just barely <laughs> built one in Stockton like a couple months ago. And you've been going. I have not. Oh no. <laughs> I don't gotta ride, yeah. dude. It's annoying. <laughs> so uh I got saved like in a raising canes, which is kind of crazy to say. But um that and actually May seventh will be my one year anniversary. So, awesome. Let's Man, go. That's amazing. Hold on, I think this is. I think this is coming. Hold on, what day is this coming out? May. Pretty crazy for this. Is it May comes out the day? Is it the uh, day? Your no. episode with you comes out May sixth. One day before the anniversary. <laughs> but that's yeah. the first episode. The second episode comes yeah. at fourteen. Yeah, because the seventh is a Sunday. That's cool. Yeah, let's hey, go. That's pretty, so this is pretty much a year. And so, um, awesome. but I had gotten saved. I had gotten saved and my brother picks me up and I still haven't told anyone, like anyone in my family or anything. So he was the first person to know. And he gets me and I just tell him, hey, bro, like, I just got saved tonight. And <laughs> just like that. And he was like, are you serious, bro? That's awesome. I mean, he's been praying for me for like three years, right? And so um, he's like, that's awesome. That's amazing. And on our way to where we were going, this is just him. This is his personality, if you know him. But he just, uh, and it has to do with how we were raised. But he said, you know what, bro? Let's just give God some praise right now. And um, I said, okay. I know exactly what he's talking about. And so we just kind of start like, giving God praise because I got saved. And uh, it was so, I don't, it was probably Holy Ghost inspired, but I remember thinking, you know, we're both kind of sitting there in the car giving him praise. And I remember thinking man, it would be really cool to have the Holy Spirit. And, and so like, I just, with the simplest prayer I could, literally can't stress that enough so simple nothing i did i just said god if you could give me the holy spirit that would be really cool literally those exact words <laughs> and like that's, I, I i stress that because it's like it, it's nothing i did it's not like i was like oh god i know the secret now and you i was so speaking like, king james very, yeah very honest like God, if I can have the Holy Spirit, that would be really cool. And probably like 10 seconds later, it was just like this rush. 
And I just start speaking in tongues in the car uncontrollably for probably like a minute or so. Like I can't control my mouth. It's just the only thing I can control is like if I press into it or if I pull back. Like I noticed that. Like I controlled the effort, but I did not control what my mouth was doing. I was just going crazy. <laughs> wow. And it was um it was supernatural. And uh I believe the Holy Spirit like getting filled that night, the night I got uh, saved, is also a contributing factor to like, I've never touched any drugs or any alcohol or any pills. I have not touched anything since I got saved. Like I got saved and it was like, I was set free. And we talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but it's like, when you're a slave to your sin, you don't have a choice. You kind of just do what you desire. Um, but um, when I had gotten delivered, that was the key difference. It's not like I never desired ever to do those things. I mean, I was still human. It's not like I got saved from being a human. But it's like I had the decision and the choice. Am I going to do this or am I not going to do it? And uh, that was something I never had before. And so I could choose to say no. And God gave me that power. God, you know, his grace and his mercy allowed me and set me free. And so then I came into church. Uh, that was a Saturday night. And the next day was actually Mother's Day. So I got saved on Mother, like, public wow. declaration because i went to church the next day and i raised my hand went up to the altar which honestly golly that was like getting saved part two it was really special um it, it was amazing and so uh that was kind of my being brought back into the church and I don't know if you had any specific questions or anything yeah, like so, that. Uh, so, the, wow, that's an incredible testimony. So we're going to finish off with a few questions and then we'll uh, end the episode. But something I wanted to note on is uh, in that that prayer in the car to be filled with the Holy Spirit, um, it wasn't a religious, you know, repetition of like oh jesus oh god like blah 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 it was literally just you've been real just like god you know it'd be pretty cool if i could have the holy spirit right now and and then um do you think you could talk a little bit how you see or when you like you hear relationship over religion like what do you think uh, based off your personal experience what do you what do you think about that phrase and what does it mean to you really yeah, um, I remember one specific thing is I had been back for a couple of uh, weeks at this point back in church, but I remember I had this real revelation of, I think I was talking to you briefly about this, but I just thought, man, if I wake up tomorrow and the door CFC cease to exist it's no more i'm okay 
like I still have a relationship with God. And I want to be real careful to say like, the fellowship is a gift from God. I'm not anti-church and I really hope that's not coming across at all. But I think especially when you're a church kid and you grow up in church, you not only can live off of your parents' salvation, we hear that all the time, it can't be your parents' salvation. But just as much as it can't be your parents' salvation, it can't be your church's salvation either. Like you're not saved because you attend a certain church or you're under a certain pastor and you adhere to their standards and what they want. You're saved because you have a relationship with God and you have a, a personal relationship with Jesus. And um, again, like I, I thank God every day for the body he's placed me in just to kind of so you understand I'm not anti-church, and in fact, I'm very pro-church. I'm, <laughs> I, I mean, I love my church with my whole heart, and thank God every day that He placed me in this, in this, uh, body. And, uh, but at the very same token, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't go to the door CFC. You get what I'm saying? So it's like. We got to understand that that God is so much more than just an establishment or a certain standard of doing things under this pastor. It's you got to have something personal with him and uh, know him. And just like real relationships on earth, when you don't talk to someone for a while, you lose connection with them. And we need to be striving every day to have connection with God. And this is somewhere where he's having to help me and he convicts me still to this day. Because if I'm being 100% honest, I don't pray every single day like I want to. I don't read my Bible every single day like I need to. But I, I really strive for it 100%. But I think if if your salvation is purely based on I attend this church on Sunday and I even go to, you know, music nights on this night and I go to this Bible study, it's like, when, have you had any one-on-one -on -one time with him? Have you been able to talk to him one-on-one? -on -one? Have, have you asked him a question and he's spoken to you through his word and you know, really shown you some stuff and helped you out. It would be like saying you have a relationship with someone and you never talk to them. You can know about someone and you can know that someone really does exist. But have you put in your time talking to them, building a relationship with them? And uh, yeah, I think... I think that's something big that God gave me uh, when I came back was just my personal relationship with him. And, and something I prayed when I came back too, again, one of those scary, sincere prayers was I just prayed, God, break, break all the strongholds of religion that are in my mind. And I'll tell you what, he's still doing it 
to this day. Like, because this is one of the things you have to maintain it. So it's not like I've been, if you, if, if you uh, aren't careful, you'll drift back into old ways of thinking. And it's like, I'm not saved because I read my Bible every day. I'm not saved because I pray every day. I'm not saved because I hit these markers and I check off these little checklists. And the only reason I say this is because this is something I had to deal with in myself. Like there would be days where I didn't pray for an hour and I didn't read a chapter of the Bible a day. And it's like, now my salvation is in the balance. But if you we really look at that, that's a salvation by works. And that's not what we believe, or that's not what we should believe at all, because works aren't going to give us to get us to heaven. It says that our most righteous works are like filthy rags before God. So the most righteous thing we can even do is filthy rags before God. So I'm gonna throw that method out of the <laughs> out of the way, like. <laughs> I'm not going to try and be saved through my works because I know myself and I know how, uh, you know, mis like misled I can be. And so I really have to like rely on his grace. I have to rely on his mercy. And, uh, again, that relationship aspect and, uh, man, yeah, he, he can, convict and correct you and that's kind of how he guides you and so i think it's just important to like have that personal relationship 100 percent. okay so um um let me let me say how to word this so have you been to the uh boot camp the new medical one i have it's kind of twisted with it's kind of with that so i went um i believe last year i was sitting next to a church kid and um I rem i'm not a church kid myself and uh i remember i don't know how it came up but he brought up the fact that he said he told me that i'm gonna stay saved longer than him mm. and i want to hear from you do you is that how would a church kid want to get rid of this mindset or how would a non-church kid will understand this mindset. He said what? Sorry. He said to me that I'm going to stay saved longer than him. Hmm. What does he mean by that? As far like, as, as like, like a relation, like. Instead of something where it's personal, like I'm going to stay saved and I want to have a relationship with God. To him, it became something where it's like, I'm going to stay saved because that guy's saved. And, uh, you know, I'm probably going to lo last longer than him because, you know, I'm like more spiritual than him. So hmm. that's probably a religious way to think. So what's kind of the relationship side of this? Yeah, I, I think prayer is going to be really key right here because I believe the answer kind of to that is, if I understand your question, what can happen when we're church kids is we become really numb to what's happening around us. So we can see a miracle happen. Like I saw miracles happen in church while growing up. 
I saw supernatural things happen in church. I saw lives come in and be transformed. Real, only God can do this kind of stuff, right? But it just became, oh, this is just another church service. And so we kind of lose uh, the gravity of the situation and what's really happening uh, around us. I remember one pastor here, he said, you know, a church kid will see nine people get miraculously healed and they're busy texting their friend, hey, so where are we going to go eat after this? You know, and it's so true. It's like, we just kind of become like, oh, yeah, this is what happens. This is this is church. And we become really numb and accustomed to what's happening around us. And I believe the only way to kind of fight that is through prayer. And you're going to have to pray, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to me. I pray that Jesus would be revealed to me in a personal way. Because unless you have like the revelation of who Jesus is to you, it's not gonna it's not gonna hit the same. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So this is kind of the revelation I've I've had with that. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You guys have a favorite food? Uh, there's a lot of favorite foods on my list. Well, let me get one. Let me get one. Those are enchiladas. Come on, enchiladas. So imagine trying to explain to your friend who's never had enchiladas how good they are. Okay? So you're going to tell him, man, the way they... You're going to try and do your best to describe enchiladas in the best detail you can. But you and me both know that they're not going to know how good they are until they put that enchilada in their mouth and they experience all the flavors for themselves. There's only so much describing you can do. And it's not that you're not describing it enough. It's just that you're not going to touch all their senses. You're not going to touch how they taste things. And so you, so this is, what God kind of has shown me is like, you can tell someone how good God is, but until they experience it for themselves, they're never going to have the full understanding. And so sometimes I feel like that's what can happen in church and with church kids is we hear the description all the time. And so we're like, yeah, God is, all-powerful, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Nothing stands outside of him. He's outside of time. He heals people. That's just what he does, yeah. And so we name off all of these describing. (laughs) Come on, just like any, yeah, Yeah. duh, duh. Don't you know this? Like, is God, Yahweh, you know? And so we kind of just like, he becomes like, like, not normal, but you understand, we know the description, we know who he is, but until he's Alpha and Omega, you know, stands outside of time, Jehovah Jireh, you know, the Lord, my provider to you, you're never fully gonna 
understand who he is, uh, it's not going to hit the same. It just like when you can only describe food so much. And so that's my kind of answer to that is I think just as church kids, we become really accustomed to to this great God that we serve. And um, we just don't see it anymore. We're just like, oh, yeah, that's who God is. Duh. But we need to have a reviving. So this is what revival is. It's a reviving of the spirit within us. And so we each, like each and every one of us, the individual needs to have a revival within ourselves. And that's when mass revival happens is when a ton of individual people start having revival inside themselves. And God starts reviving his spirit in an individual. Then it starts mass spreading across everyone. And so that's what we really need. It's not a cop out when we hear pastors saying we need revival. No, that's really what we need is uh, we need revival. We need a reviving of his spirit in each and every one of us, I believe. You're not talking about revival of service, right? When an evangelist comes. No, I know about that as well. That's what many people, most people would think of when they say, when you hear revival. So, yeah. And that's what, that's what he's kind of called to do though, in a way, like he's, it's called revival because he's called to go there and refresh the church and rejuvenate the church and speak to uh, the spirit of Christ that lives in each and every one of us. And he's kind of called to stir that up. And so in a way, yes, that is revival because it's the stirring up of our spirits. But um, as far as like with, with each and every one of our personal relationships, yeah, we all need a reviving every single, you know, day, every minute we can. So let's say, so so let's okay the question is basically is um not necessarily how, how do we witness to someone who only sees sin as fun that we'll mm-hmm. witness we're telling them the truth or we're witnessing truly and we're like doing the method of bringing them the food and all that and witnessing to them but i know 100 i'm aware that we don't save people we don't we're not like doing the salvation part but how like not other tactics but like i don't i, I can't how can well, you become like a more effective minister yeah what would have, what would have affected you personally ben do you think what would have like touched you in that time yeah uh this again is why it's it's kind of cool that it is going back to this, but this is why I think it's it's important to have a relationship because I truly do believe in like divine appointment and divine timing. So I believe that timing is involved in uh, people's salvation and stuff like that. And so you, the guy who witnessed to me, he's told me when he got saved, 
if someone witnessed to him a week before or a week after, he probably wouldn't have gotten saved. But it was where he was in that exact time that when someone witnessed to him, it's like he had an ear open to it. Um, I've heard this many, many times from many, many different people. And so timing has an aspect. And the reason why I say it's important to have a relationship is because he had a relationship with God. And so he heard and felt the tugging of the Holy Spirit to say, hey, invite Ben out tonight. And then when he invited me out, okay, now witness to him. I mean, I'm sure you've had a time where you're talking with a friend and then or just talking with a stranger and you feel that need and that urge to, hey, witness. And sometimes it's like, nah, I mean, I can speak for me personally. Some most of the time, to be honest, it's like, hey, man, we're kind of having a good conversation and you just want me to drop the truth of the gospel on them. And like, well, I kind of like this person with. And, you know, the gospel can be very, uh, it's a very serious topic, you know? And so, and so I think it's, it's important, exactly. And in a sword, like it, it cuts (laughs) and that can be a little bit of pain. And so if you're like me, I'm like very, I don't like conflict. And so that's somewhere where God is having to help me is, uh, I can't just be super lovey-dovey. So how you witness too can't just be all God loves you and that's it. Another point is you have to bring truth. So you have to tell people, you know, about the very real consequence of sin and that's death and that's being banished to hell because we, and, and what hell is, is it's a place without God. And that's what sin does. It's a separation from God. And when we're separated from God, we are separated from all that is good. All that is good. And so how you could be a a more effective minister, I would say one is being in tune with the Holy Spirit, listening to that call when they say, hey, go witness to that person because you don't know what, what's been going on in their life and you don't know what circumstances have them at that point in their life. And maybe they have an ear open to hear. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes we do get a little bit uh, too like, man, what if I don't have all the right things to say? I do know that there's been times where I'm witnessing the people and I have nothing to say and then all of the sudden the holy spirit will just kind of start giving me things to say and it's hitting them in a certain way that i could never do that i could never you know know how to do and so the holy spirit will kind of witness for me and i'm just the mouthpiece i'm just there to kind of be the vessel that that God uses. And um, it, it, so it's not always just about the words, but what we can do um, to become more effective is knowing our word, 
knowing the Bible. Because I will say, like, you you said it right now, the sword. Like, knowing the Bible and being able to pull scriptures out and just say them um, is a different beast. It's, It's like you don't know what to say, and the Holy Spirit will, like, bring a scripture to mind, and you can just say it. And it is the sword, and it cuts all the uh, all the fronts down, and it can pierce the heart. And so, I would say knowing the word, like most of the time when I leave witnessing, and it didn't go like exactly how I wanted it. Most of the time, I'm just like, man, I need to know my word more. Or maybe you you witness to someone that has like completely deferring beliefs. They believe in like some other God or some other. We're not called to argue, but it is good to know what you believe. And so, I mean, there are times where it's like, I know I believe this, but like, golly, it really doesn't sound like it. And so I, you kind of got to be strong and firm in your in your beliefs and your have a strong foundation under you. And this is the foundation. Like you could read this all the time and uh, pray that God just imparts it into your life. Like, God, I want to build my life on this book. And I would say, yeah, so knowing your word. And being in tune with the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit wants to move are like two of probably the biggest things. Yeah, I agree. Amen. Um, um, all right. Uh, thank you guys for watching and tuning in to this episode. We had an amazing time. We hope you did too. Um, if you want notifications for further episodes, if you want to be notified, if you want to subscribe, like, and share, please do. Uh, give us a good rating follow us on instagram for updates and we'll see you in the next oh merch i got our merch website (laughs) we got new improved so uh go buy some yeah rep it in front of your boys in front of your girls i don't know if we have conferences especially our conference bro represent Make sure you post it on social media. Yeah. Legit. Uh, And thank us too. We'll give you a high five if you go to conference. (laughs) At least I I don't know about um, why. Let's start. start, uh, Let's start this. Let's start um, LIU podcast. Let's make that our little hashtag. LIU podcast. Let's do that. Thank you guys for joining (laughs) us. Wait, 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 wait. Five stars on Spotify, please. Five stars. How many family stars we got, though? Um. <laughs> <that's sick. laughs> You got five. You asked for him. The Bible says, "Asking you shall receive." Yeah. Bags, brother. <laughs> so he's on to something. He's on to something. Please. It's crazy. Oh, I you want a wife joke. like that, bro? Huh? You want a wife? Yeah. Yeah, that's hey. like a picture of a wife. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So More bloopers is... for the bloops. The <laughs> yeah.
It's the beginning of the episode. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, okay, so, I forgot about the blue so we don't put That's... anything like too embarrassing, or if they say like don't put that on there, you know, we won't. Anything oh, during no. this recording, I'll be cool with. No, okay, good. Cool. We're, we're gonna put all of your bloopers, and that's it. None of us. <laughs> We've been having eighty-one episodes before we had the season finale. I know, finale, right? Finale, fin, 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 no, finale, finale, golly, <laughs> <laughs> <Blooper>. golly. <laughs> 